Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. Can't believe December the 9th out there. It's a great looking day today too. It's supposed to get to about plus two, so which is pretty decent. Plus five this week going up, so it's going to be a nice, nice day, nice week coming up. So perfect time if you're out looking to to get the Christmas trees or your wreaths or your boughs to build your pots or do whatever you need to do. Um, we're heading into the next couple of weeks of uh, pretty sweet weather for doing all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, we had lots of people out yesterday getting their fresh cut trees and that. Just uh, And you always hear how, how good it smells. And, and when you're in there all the time, though, you kind of get used to it. So you don't notice it as much as, uh, as everybody just coming in for the first time. So it's... Uh, it's always fun to to get the reaction. Lots of great flat families coming out and uh, picking up their trees and all that kind of fun stuff. Anyways, I also just want to mention an event we're going to have next weekend on Saturday, December the 15th. We're going to have Santa and live reindeer out there that you can get your picture taken with. And uh, the cost of the picture is it's just $5 and... Uh, plus a toy donation, or $10 for just a photo. And we're going to donate all the money to the Magic of Christmas and the Cowrie Food Bank. So if you uh, want to come out, we're going to have the sleigh set up with Santa, with the real reindeer. And uh, if you want to get pictures done, by all means, come down. there. The photos will be able to be taken from 12 to 3. And uh, the reindeer will be there from 10 to 5 throughout the day. So if you want to stop by and just uh, say hi to Rudolph and the gang, they're all going to be hanging out at, uh, at the garden center, so um, please come by and uh, and uh, help us uh, raise some money and also get some great uh, photo ops for the family and get some nice photos of your family for the Christmas season. So anyways, looking forward to that. That should be fun. And today, just looking for, if you guys want to call in, you can reach me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Any kind of uh, gifts that you want to get for the garden or any ideas that you want to pass around. So I know we get asked that a lot when people come into the store. Um, you can always do the, the garden center gift card from a lot of the garden centers, and we all do that. Um, but there's also lots of other ideas. So if you have any thoughts on, on to share some ideas with people, give me a shout at 403-974-8255. Love to hear them, and that's the talk and text line. And uh, it is the season with your poinsettias. And uh, the main thing, if you're going to get your poinsettias into the house, is watch the chill when you bring them from the store to your car and don't leave them in the car all day. And if you're out shopping, try and make that stop your last one. And when you water your poinsettias, typically they always have that foil wrap around the pot. Remove that, put them in the sink, water them good, let all the water drain out, and then put them back into that into that foil sleeve because poinsettias do not like to sit in water. And a lot of times what happens, they get a little bit too wet, and then they start wilting from being too wet, and then people water more and more. And so that's just one of the big things that just to watch with your poinsettias. They can run pretty dry. They're, they're used to being grown. They're from Mexico, and they're kind of a, they're kind of a succulent-type plant. If you When you break a leaf off or something, you get all that white glue come off. So there's lots of... Uh, Lots of moisture in their leaves that they can they can stand running a little bit dry and they prefer that so, but not not all the time. So that when they do get a little bit dry, make sure you water them really well, and you should be good to go. And uh, another product, if you're doing your outdoor greens and your wreaths and your cedar rope and the boughs and all that, 
is the product called Wiltproof. It really, really makes a big difference in in how long your all your greens and all that will last for you. Um, lasts about three or four times as long when you use it. I know um, the ladies in our design center um, they spray all of our wreaths, all of our all of the arrangements that they're making um, with the with the wiltproof. We treat it all with that, so because it does make a big difference. So please. Uh, and especially if you're facing south, if you're on the north side, it's not as bad where you're out of the sun. But if you're definitely in the sun, it makes a big difference. And we got our first text of the day. I have some little black flies on my house plants. I bet they came with the new plant I was given recently. What is the best way to get rid of them? Those are typically little fungus gnats, or people call them fruit flies. It's basically from being, most of the time it's from soil being too wet. So you might just want to... Slow down on the watering a little bit. Um, there is a product, there's a fungus, fungus gnat spray, or just pure spray green is a is a really good one to use on that. And you just need to spray the soil, and uh, that would be great. And you need to do it two or three times because a lot of times those ones, they've laid their eggs, they go through the cycle. And one of the biggest things is to slow down on the water, let it dry out because what it does is when it's really wet, it uh, grows, and and that's where all those fruit flies and all those other ones, they start to breed on top of the soil. So, anyways, hopefully that helps out. And, it's, oh, good morning. Could you repeat the date for the photo shoot with Santa and the reindeer? Of course. Actually, we're doing it next Saturday, December the 15th. Um, the reindeer will be there from 10 to 5 at the Garden Center, and Santa and the reindeer will be available for photos between 12 and 3. So, and we'll have the sleigh, so you have room if you want to bring the family. You can fit four or five people in the sleigh. You can sit in the sleigh with Santa, get your picture with the with the reindeer, all that fun stuff. So it uh, should be a fun day. We're going to have hot chocolate and treats and refreshments and all that kind of stuff out. So it uh, should be a great day. So lots of people helping us out with that. So um, by all means, hopefully we'll see a bunch of people there. And we're also trying to raise uh, funds for the Magic Christmas and the Food Bank. And we are collecting gifts at the store. We have a box from the Magic of Christmas. And we're going to drop those some of those off on Wednesday with Leslie Horton from Global. They're doing their event on the Global Morning News uh, down at their studio. So we're going to make an appearance down there and uh, and help them out. We're going to take some trees down there and help spruce up the parking lot there a little bit with them. And hopefully they have a great day down there. So should be good. But right now, um, with this little bit of snow that's left, and it's supposed to get really dry, and as far as gardening, um, there's only a few things you can do. Well, we still have some moisture. Throw, shovel that snow underneath your trees. Do that. Wash all your conifers down. Like today's going to be plus two, three. If your hose is available, go out and just give everything a little wash down. It uh, it does that really really well, and just helps. And then the water drips off the tree into the root system, and then when it cools off, it up, helps freeze it again. So, and uh, ah, Pat has texted me. He's he was in the store yesterday. Picked out a new tree. He goes, the new tree has sucked up at least a liter of water already from yesterday. That is a good sign. Yes, and what it is is, and that's a very good point that I want to talk about as well as Christmas trees. Um, always do the fresh cut. Uh, we have our crew down at the garden center. We're doing fresh cuts for everybody before you set them up. Because what that does, it opens the capillaries open and opens up the fresh um, trunk so it's able to absorb water. Because really it's still a living thing. 
And once you put it in the water, you bring it into the house, it feels like, hey, summer's back, I'm warming up, and it starts drinking. And so it'll drink like a Fraser fur, um, a liter to two liters a day. So really, really important to ensure that you don't let it dry out. So just check it two or three times a day. Uh, make sure you fill it right up and have a nice good stand with a big reservoir. It, it makes all the difference. And if you get it, especially the first five days, if you get it rehydrated because it's going to take all that water back up into the tree, then it'll slow down on drinking up so much water. But if you get it rehydrated those first few days, um, it makes all the difference on whether or not it'll last um, throughout the Christmas season because if you let it dry out on the first few days, um, by the time Christmas comes, it's not going to be looking so good. It, gets a little bit, it can get a little bit dry on you. So um, thanks for that reminder, Pat. And uh, another product to put into the water is the Stay Fresh. <coughs> Excuse me. And I was asked about, I always get asked about sugar or ginger ale. And I'm not sure if they ever worked, but what they did do is at least you were putting water into the into the tree. So first and foremost, water. And if you want to use 7-Up or, or ginger ale or something, I'm sure it doesn't hurt it. And uh, one product that does work is the Stay Fresh. So you want to make sure you're at least watering your tree. Um, if you have a fresh cut tree in the house, so and big reservoir, absolutely. Yeah, Pat just sent me a picture of his tree. He has a huge stand with a big, big reservoir. Nice, nice looking tree, and uh, yeah, it's amazing how much water they'll soak up for sure. Um, a couple other things on Christmas plants and uh, is amaryllis, and uh, lots of those are blooming like crazy. And the main thing with them when they get them to the bloom is, again, move them out of the sun so they're not really, really in the warmest spot in the house. If they stay a little bit cooler, they're going to last a lot longer for you. Same with the Christmas cactus and uh, and the poinsettia as well. Just you don't want them right in the window getting all the sun where they dry right out because it's not great for them. And uh, it forces their blooms a lot faster. And then you're going to lose all those gorgeous blooms that you have for the Christmas season. So you want to ensure that they will last for you a lot longer. And I'm getting close to break time, but if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. You can call at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Those are both the talk and text line. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Suck Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite Christmas store. Fresh cut trees, boughs, and wreaths, and all the decor to spruce up your Christmas. Spruce it up, plant it up, prune it up. They've got you covered. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. Actually, I'm here by myself today. Everybody else on the day off, I guess. They went sleeping in. Christmas party's too late or something. I'm not too sure what's going on. Uh, anyways, if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I don't know if there's an issue with the phone lines, but we seem to be getting calls, but they seem to be getting dropped off. So if you guys want to try again, I know we're, we're waiting here if you try and answer them, but uh, yeah, it seems like they get, and uh, I'm not sure why they keep getting cut off. So anyways, hopefully we can figure that out. And in the meantime, we can talk about all kinds of things. The text line is wide open. If you want to send in any texts, um, that would be great. And here I got a picture looking for advice. Oh, I love the little German Shepherd puppy that you got in the picture here on the veranda. 
Um, looking for shrubs um, to block the wind. Um, and that's a little bit of a tough one. Um, something that would grow nice and high would be the Diablo 9 bark. Um, and it would look nice up against the house there. They grow quite quick. Um, that would be probably one of my my best shrubs to put in that type of area. And that would definitely help block the wind in there. You might want to look at... Uh, yeah, probably that would be the best because they grow that six, seven feet. And they grow quick enough to get up there to help you out with that kind of thing. So, and then you'd be set, uh, sort of set. Got a little bit of that uh, cold that's going around. Everyone's kind of getting all sniffly and all that kind of fun stuff. So, definitely feeling it in my voice. So, <laughs> a little bit tougher. So, forgive me. And uh, I'll try to carry on. And uh, and we should be good through the through the next couple hours here of this. Anyways, um, some of the things that we do get a lot of people coming in and looking for gifts for gardeners. Um, some of the ideas I have is obviously books, and and we have Abby's calendar is still at the store. We've sold lots of those for him, so and that is a great gift idea for the gardener. And you can look through it each month, and you get a a little bit of inspiration going through, and uh, lots of birding ideas, um, bird feeders. Things like that um, are make really good uh, gift ideas. Tools, because a lot of people won't spend the money on themselves to get themselves a, a good pair of pruners, a good pruning saw, and those kind of things that just make it easier when you're doing your cleanup in the spring or if you need to cut a branch off. Just having yourself a nice saw that uh, isn't all rusted and stuck and sticky full of stuff. So, um, I, I would definitely recommend that as a as a nice gift idea, and then lots of this little different ideas that we have down at the store and and other garden centers here in Calgary. Um, th- lots of different type of thermometers, rain gauges are always interesting for the gardener to have because once you start gardening, you you tend to you keep track of those kind of things. So it's always important to to know if you've had no rain that month. You probably need to irrigate a little bit, or if you've had five inches or 18 inches of rain, um, you're probably good. You probably don't need to water anything. So um, <laughs> those are just some of the other ideas we have. And there's always lots of, uh, like I said, just different gardening books. I know we have a good little selection of, of books. Unfortunately, that one has gone down a little bit. People, I, tend, I think, tend to look up a lot more on the, a little bit more on the, on the, I guess, on the internet, I guess is what I was going to say. And they tend to do that. So a little bit more than, than the reading the books so much. But there is something to say about having a book in your hand um, if you're out in the garden or just sitting on the on the balcony. I've tried reading the paper a couple times on online, and it doesn't really go that well for me. So I, I prefer to have the newspaper or a book in front of you to to get the feel of it. Uh, there's nothing better than that, and especially good gardening books. And trying to find the ones that are a little bit more local for our area makes all the difference too. Trying to, because it, it is tough. We're in, a, we're in an area, um, and then that was, uh, we have an area where where gardening is a little bit tougher, so it's important to to have that ability to get the right knowledge and hopefully that's what we try to do here and uh and go from there and and pat was this someone else was asking 
There's going to be a show on the morning of the 23rd. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, so if you're listening to the show, we'll be, uh, we'll be here on the 23rd as well. And we're here next week on the, on the 16th as well. So hopefully with the phone lines, hopefully they're working on them. Here we got some other people trying to call through and uh, trying to work on that, trying to get it rebooted so you guys can get through and ask me those questions that you're dying to know and, uh, and go from there. So I'm just trying to think of what else um, we can talk about while I'm waiting for the phone lines to get fixed. And some of the things, um, birding is one that is always a, a good topic at this time of year. And maybe I'll see if Brad can give me a shout and we can talk about a little bit of birding because uh, at this time of year, those are great gift ideas, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, trying to do that and ensure that your your birds in your backyard have good food, what types of food we want to feed them, and uh, and keeping them watered. I know I mentioned last week I still have my basalt water feature going in my yard, and uh, I see the birds on there. They like going on top because I still have fresh water running in there, and they can still get water throughout the winter, which is important for them. And same with like same same for all of us. We all like to have a little drink of water. Same with the trees and uh, and the birds in our yards. So always uh, always a good thing to have. Um, what else am I going to talk about? We can talk about the types of greens that we have. We have uh, we have pine boughs. If you're looking to make your arrangements, we have cedar, Douglas fir, noble fir, hemlock. All those, all those great greens, and uh, oh, here Pat just sent in a picture of he bought some pruners when he was in Tokyo a few years ago at a Japanese gift shop or craft shop. Wow, those are uh, pretty fancy looking. Those are nice looking pruners, and that's sort of what I was saying. Like if you're looking to to get that gardener in your um, family or a friend that uh, really looking for some, like I said, a nice pair of pruners a good water nozzle, things like that you appreciate when you're a gardener because when you're out there cutting and you have the little, uh, the cheapy ones and then the bolt falls off on your third cut. Um, something like these, I can't read the name because it's obviously all in uh, in uh, Japanese. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, uh, um, I can't read that. So, But looks phenomenal, looks like good quality tool that you'd love to have in your arsenal if you're out in the garden. Well, I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And we're just trying to work on our phone lines. And uh, Brad the Birdman, he's going to give us a call and he's going to give us some hints when we get this thing figured out. And we're going to chat about uh, some birding. And um, I got one text from a fella or a, or, a, or a lady. I'm not too sure. It says, would a heated pet bowl work? Absolutely. That's a great idea. And I know they work really good. We used to have a, a husky outside and he had a outdoor dog house that was part of the garage he sort of had half the garage as his house 
So he was uh, warm, but we had the the water bowl out there for him. And he uh, always had nice water, but that would work great for birds. They just don't like it too deep. So you only want to put about an inch of water in the bottom of it. Um, You just don't, because if you get it too deep, they don't, they won't go in there and do that thing. So uh, um, not great. So anyways, and where would you get winter bird waters? We have heated... Actually, we're just sold out right now. We're actually getting more in this week. Um, we have heated bird baths, and there's bird heaters. Um, you can check with some of the, the bird stores around that. They they might have them as well. Um, but I, I prefer the, the bird bath myself, the heated bird bath. It just, uh, it's rather than the heater that sits on top. And it sort of looks like the old uh, barbecue element that used to have to heat up the charcoals. Um, works very similar, but they, they work as well if you have an existing bird bath. But the the ones I liked with the heated ones, because typically your plug-in's closer to those, and you, they they have the railing adapter, and uh, and they that way you could attach it close to the house. And if you have it just outside the window, it's always nice to watch um, watch them splash around in the water right outside your uh, right outside the window. Kind of makes a neat little, like I said before, that sort of reality TV, and <laughs> and uh, go from there. And what do we got here? We got good morning, Merle. It's it's the house coat's lady daughter. Oh, how you doing? Um, my, my mom, Joan, will be in the shade for the most of the day. I'm looking for a recommendation for a feature evergreen about four and a half feet wide at maturity that could do well in these conditions. Um, one thing that might actually try is that is there's some use that would work, I think, quite well. And some of the cedars will sound like they can, they can, they would do well in this condition as well. So uh, in the in the springtime, just when you if you get a picture of that area, come down into the down to the garden center and into the tree lot there, and uh, chat with Chris in there or one of the other gals or guys in the tree lot, and they'll be able to help you. But um, I would really look at doing the U for an evergreen. It depends how much shade. Um, if it's for most day, I think I'd probably go U, or I would really look at maybe even mixing in. Um, a, a couple of the cedars because they, they tend to like some of those areas as well. And, and I got, and I got, uh, can I prune my crab apple and mountain ash or should I wait? No, right now is a, is a, is a good time to do that. Um, just watch, don't go too big of cuts. And uh, yeah, definitely now is a good time because you can start seeing the structure of your of your crab apples or any of your trees and shrubs, and it makes it a lot easier to prune. I know we reduced the rates a little bit now in the winter time because they the guys can go a little quicker, and they can uh, they can see the structure of it, and we don't have to chip as much because we don't have all the leaves and things like that. So we're able to do a little bit uh, less expensive for you if you're looking to get a pruning um, quote. But we can definitely help you out. And we're just going to go to Brad the Birdman. He's here. Got through the phone lines. Brad, you made it through. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> How you doing today, man? Oh, good. Good, good. Living the dream. Yeah? What are you doing yeah. today? Selling trees. Yeah? Are you getting any birds out there in the tree lot? Oh, there's lots of birds out there right now. Lots of them. Yeah, they like it out there, eh? Yeah. 
And that's when I put feet out for them. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, that's something we don't have to worry, Brad. I always make sure all the birds get fed, so it's always good. White for tails are up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, the write-up section. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so what? What do you? What do you? What are you feeding your birds then, right now, Brad? What's the best thing to be if we're going to look at feeding the birds? What would you be feeding them? Um, again, the sunflower kernel. Uh, it's just basically shelled sunflower, and uh, it's the best food, especially this time of year. It's got lots of oil content. The oil content helps keep the birds warm, and you have. Uh, all the birds like it, and the best thing about it is there's no there's no mess. If any drops to the ground, usually the uh, ground feeders, which is usually sparrows, will clean it up. So there's never there's no muss, no fuss. So okay, it's what good about that way? And what about some of the bigger nut ones? I know I've kind of joke about you can buy the buffet feast for your for the friends for the next Christmas party or whatever, but because uh, they are food grade. But what 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 kind of birds are you looking at if you're going to put those big? Like the cashews and all the ones yeah. that come in that mix. Yeah, the Nutty Buffet. It's, um, like you said, yeah, it looks like you could put it on a table and eat it for sure. But uh, um, it's, you know, it's all of your uh, woodpeckers, um, even your flickers, um, blue jays. Um, you, you'll try, you'll get the odd magpie, but they give up because they can't really hang onto the feeder. Um, but, um, yeah, it's more of those, um, and even, uh, even nuthatches and chickadees, they like the sunflower kernel, but they'll also sit there and peck at the nuts and eat those like crazy as well. And that also the types of feeders is really important. And you were showing me that the other day we were looking at, uh, the different feeds and then also the ones that keep the, the squirrels out of there and things like that. So we're looking at, um, of getting different bird feeders into the store. So what, what's the difference? Like, like there's some that are obviously good quality, but the size of the holes or what, what's, what makes them different? Um, well, the, the ones that we're going to get in here soon, uh, I think still have a couple, but they're the squirrel busters. So basically they're where the perch is, where the birds land on it um, is weight sensitive. So if a squirrel jumps on there or something, It'll the weight of the squirrel will pull the ports closed, okay. so the squirrel can't get in there and <laughs> and eat it. And some people feed the squirrels and they feed them the nutty buffet, and that's great. But a lot of times when you're trying to attract the little birds, and if you don't have something to uh, get rid of the squirrels or make it hard for them, they they'll go through your seed really really quick. So, and as far as different holes and whatnot, this time of year. You're not too concerned about that. You just want a normal hopper type, anything that just gravity feeds down. Um, in the spring, you would look for ones that have little tiny holes, like maybe the size of, uh, oh, God, I don't know, two, three millimeters across. And what that's for is nitro seed. And that oh, okay. uh, tracks the American goldfinch. And, and um, some of the other finches, like we get house finches um, all winter, and I guess there's supposed to be a surplus of them this year. I'm not too sure why, but... Uh, and they're, they're really nice because they get the purple-reddish chest. And then probably in the next month or so, we'll see all the red poles starting to come. Okay. And they almost look like a siskin or a sparrow, but they got a nice red dot on the top of their head. They're really, really a nice bird. And, again, they'll, they love the sunflower kernel. You know, and that's what I, when you when you get to, when you do, like I mentioned, the, the bird bath and the heated thing or or your bird feeders, it's nice to get them a little bit closer, especially in the wintertime if you have outside a window that you like to sit at or something like that. It's just it's neat, nice to just watch, right? It's calming. I know even the ones that you have set up at the store, 
it, it's nice to sit back there and just sort of look and just watch the birds for a bit. And it's yeah, uh, no. it's sort of a calming thing. I know that's what keeps you so calm when you're running around the store of the bread. Totally. Well, that's why, like, some days you don't think I get enough done. It's because I'm calming myself with birds. <laughs> nice. But, um, anyway, no, it's for sure. And I have customers come in all the time, and that's what they say. They like to just sit and watch. One lady comes in, and she buys a boatload of seed from us. And every morning she has her coffee on her little porch. It's a little heated enclosed porch. She sits there and watches the birds. So she does it every weekend morning. Yeah, it, it's it, like I, it's reality TV. Like I was telling, you, I still have the my rocks going in the front yard, and I know you and I were chatting earlier this morning. We're going to try and get stocked back up on the heated bird baths um, for the next week or so. Hopefully, we can find some and uh, get those back in into stock um, again. It's just trying to make sure we find the right ones and yeah. at a at a proper price point. And because uh, there's a lot of it, that to be all the CSA, and we have to be careful when we're bringing stuff out of the states. That there's lots of uh, of different rules and uh, and things like that, so that we have to follow. So, and one thing to do with the Christmas trees, you're selling them nice and fresh today. But when they're done with them, um, they can just put them out in the backyard for a bit too. It makes a nice little spot for the birds to hide out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lay the branches or on the deck or whatever you want, and birds love that kind of thing. So, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brad. I know you got to get back to the tree lot and uh, making some fresh cuts and keeping the boys going. So thanks for taking time out of your day and uh, look forward to chatting later. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Bye-bye. Brad. Bye. And I'm past my break time, so I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's the Gardening. And yes, the phone lines are back up. And uh, so now you can give us a shout at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And they're all working. And uh, a couple angry texts saying, hey, I can't text in the gardening show. They're about to cause riots in the streets. Hey, <laughs> Good thing we got this all fixed up. We're ready to go now. We're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How can we help you? Well, I have some questions. Yes. I have about a five and a half foot bamboo plant that's all of a sudden the leaves are starting to turn yellow on me. Um, The whole plant or just the lower parts? Pretty much the whole plant. Huh. Have you changed anything different? Like, is it near... Like near a door where it's getting a cold draft all the time, or actually, I moved it aside so it wasn't in as much draft. I took it; it was in front of the patio door, and I moved it to the side of the patio door. Okay, and is this is one that you've had um, for a while, for a oh, couple of years? For years, yeah. Yeah. Huh. The only thing, and have you transplanted it or anything lately? No, I have it just in water. Okay. Um, the probably the main thing is is this in in, in changing you change the water regularly. I add water to it. I haven't changed the water. Yeah, sometimes they get um, some um, bacteria in there. So from what I understand, it's good to clean those every so often. Okay. Like pull them right out, clean it up, because it, it just gets, you get a big heavy, like our water is quite salty. I use rainwater. Okay. Then you should be good that way, because I know we have, it's a harder water, and you get the, the buildup of that in there. So, uh but if you're using strictly rainwater, you should be good. Um, one thing it might need is just a, a bit of fertilizer because okay. there's just nothing left. And if it's been that long, 
Um, it probably just needs a, a little dose of food in there. So you can just add a little bit of water soluble right to that. What Go about. I would just use like a twenty twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just a good and just do it about half strength because it's sucking straight out of the water there. Yeah. So just mix it about halfway and uh, see what that does. That should help green it up. Okay. Also, I have a Hoya plant. Okay. And it has like a white mildew growth on the back of the leaves, and they turn yellow and fall off. Yeah, you have mealy bug. Oh, okay. Which is is, uh, not great. Um, So best thing to do is get into a sink, and if you have a nozzle or into a shower, and if you have one of those hand things that you can pull off and, and just spray it like that. Okay. Um, that would work if you can do it that way, or you get uh, rubbing alcohol and a Q-tip, and you just have to go behind all the leaves and just scrape that out, or cut the the badly affected areas. Just cut them out. And sometimes in a Hoya, it might be easier to do that. Depends how bad it is. Well, it's a big plant. I have it on a plant pedestal. Okay. And it winds all around the pedestal. Okay. So how if, is all of it affected, or just a little bit? It seems like it's infected in spots. I would just cut those spots out. If it's that big, it's going to recover. I would just take those air, those ones right out. And then if you can, give the rest of it a little bit of spray of pure spray green or something like that. And just keep an eye on it. Because if you remove it, it, it's better than trying to clean it up. Okay, I don't have access to pure spray green. green. Is there anything else I could use? Um, just trying to think what else. Do you have what? What do you have any other kind of sprays at home? I wondered about a tea tree spray. Um, that might work. Um, again, just with those, they're so visible. Even if you get a, like a nice, good, soft cloth that's a little bit durable, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, have it wet and just rub underneath where you, whenever you see it and just really keep an eye on it over the next few weeks. Okay. And cut out the really bad effect because then you'll get rid of all the eggs and everything really good that way. So well, I've been taking them off as soon as I spot them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, uh, but, so we're falling off. I thought, well, I've got to get rid of these. You know what I mean? So I took off all the yellow ones. But and, you want to get keep look under the rest of the plant and look for more of that mealy bug and just and re, just just I would just cut those branches right off of those leaf sections because okay. uh, hoya that big, it's going to recover no problem. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm just going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How can I help you? I am looking at purchasing a climate control room to do a small vegetable garden in the house. Okay. Is your opinion on those? Um, are you talking about the, the little grill rooms that look like a tinfoil type thing? Yeah, they're yep. silver on the inside, black on the outside, and it yep. controls the temperature and the lighting. Yeah, and you're allowed to say that you're going to grow cannabis now. It's legal, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to say we don't have to say tomatoes anymore. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I think. Um, and for veggies and that, you got to be, um, I think they work great because it, it, you're, you're creating, you just got to be really careful with the new lights, um, because they work really too well. And if you leave them too close, you get a lot of light burn on them. They get the light okay. scorch on them. So you just got to really watch and pay attention to the type of lighting you're going to be using and that type okay. of thing. 
And and if anybody's listening, if you're looking at getting into growing cannabis, is really important to get a super super good filter because I can't uh, um, say that enough. Is that it? They it does stink really really bad, and you just really don't want to grow that in your house without okay. a proper filter. But because uh, I was actually I had another garden center, I always like to wander around other places, and they had one of them set up in the middle. Um, but they had it really close to the to all the veggies that they were growing in there, and a lot of them had the light scorch because the new LED lights are just they're they're up, they're that much better. Oh. So and people are used to using the older ones, and it's just it's a totally different thing now. So it's just making sure we're paying attention to what these new lights do because they're that much more efficient and you get that much more light, and 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 it can also call that um, leaf scorch on them. So okay. yeah. Okay, I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, so I would definitely, yeah, if you're looking to grow veggies and, and trays and greens and things like that, it's a, it's a great way of, of growing stuff like that in the house. So Perfect. All oh, right. Awesome. Wonderful. Let me know how that goes. Will do. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Dan. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And now we're going to go all the way down, way down the river. We're going to go down to High River. We're going to go talk to Mary. What's going on, Mary? Oh, my God. The Grinch got into your telephone line. Yeah. No, yeah. they just, they, they, the, the great team here figured it out. They were still getting forwarded from Friday. So they Yeah, uh, I know. I talked to the fella. Yeah. Yeah, he told me what it was. We're all fixed up yeah. now. So. Yeah, well, that's good. Anyway, just a shout out to you. Uh, I want to tell you because there's all this doom and gloom mm-hmm. that all the vegetables are going to be sky high in price. Yep. So get a whole bunch of seeds in for us outdoor gardener. Absolutely. <laughs> because it's going to make more people realize that even with a little hunk of land or a little something, you can grow something to eat. It's amazing what you can grow, and and I know I and just in a, even in a small space. You absolutely, know? yeah. And just you can you can do crops that come quickly, like even radishes, spinach, yeah, and onions, a lot of the lettuce. You can plant two or three times throughout the season. Yeah, a lot of people just do it once and then they, it sits empty. But why not plant it again, like in, and and yeah. plant it again, like and tomatoes, things like that. They'll they'll give you fruit all summer long. Yeah, uh, it's very rewarding. Absolutely. You know, and I know you always have some good ones. But I wanted to ask, uh, do you have the bird feeders there? Yes, we do. I know do. you have the seeds. Yeah, we have the bird feeders as oh, well. Oh, you do? And yep. the ones that keep the magpies away. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, one of these days I'll get in that car and get up there. Well, you got to come down next Saturday, Mary, and get your picture taken with Santa. Oh! Maybe I should. I yeah. love reindeer. Yeah, no, we have real reindeer and Santa and the crew. They're all going to be down there on Saturday, so come by. Yeah, I have lots of deer out here, I'll but get... I don't really like them because they eat my flowers. No, these are reindeer, but I'll make sure you get the special hot chocolate. There's another <laughs> okay, job. Okay, my dear. <laughs> all right. Yeah, good luck. All dear. right, thanks, Barry. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And yes, they are working. So I'm just going to go to the phone lines 
and chat with Joanne. Good morning, Joanne. Hi, good morning. Thanks How can I call? No problem. How can I help you? I was given uh, a birch tree was cut down because it was diseased, you know? Yeah. And I was just wondering, can I use some of the <laughs> limbs and branches for indoor and or outdoor Christmas decorations safely? Yeah, I would think you're going to be fine. It was probably, um, there's not a lot of, I guess, disease. They get this, uh, they get a bug called the birch leaf miner. Um, and are you looking at mainly using the, the bark, like the trunks sort of thing? Well, some of the trunks, you know, um, it would be okay if I cut them in half and use them for um, a candlelight thing yep, inside absolutely. the house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally uh, fine. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. No, and they have no, like, they, they don't have a lot of um, disease that they spread or anything like that. So I think, okay. and then they do get a, a fair bit of dead limbs and, and drying out from desiccation and things like that. So it's probably a little bit more of that. So I really wouldn't worry too, too much about that. You should be totally fine. So. Okay, great. Good to know. Awesome. Okay. Well, good Thanks luck, and uh, you have a Merry okay. Christmas. Thanks, you too. Merry Christmas. Thank Take you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Yeah, th- and it's always um, nice using a lot of the different things um, in your in your Christmas arrangements or winter arrangements um, that you uh, can can use out of the yard if you if you're doing some pruning or or when people buy their Christmas trees, we trim them up for them on the bottom. And a lot of people like to take the branches home with them to use them in their wreaths or making some swags or arrangements or whatever. <clears throat> um, you should be good to go. And uh, we'll go from there. And it says, hi, Merle, I bought a little Christmas cactus that was blooming. It's losing its flowers like crazy. And it's in a little plastic cup. I'm thinking of transplanting it to a better pot. <clears throat> Any recommendations? Um, um, one thing I mentioned earlier is try and keep it out of the like full sun and ensure that it uh, don't water it too much because it'll drop a lot of the leaves pretty quickly as well. Transplanting, um, typically when they're blooming, isn't always the best thing, um, but you could definitely try that. And if it's losing most of it, unfortunately, a lot of it is going to uh, um, drop off. Unfortunately, once they get into that mode, it's kind of hard to stop it. Um, unless it's just being too dry, which I've seen a bit, if they wilting down and dropping, just ensure that it was watered properly and we can definitely have a look like that. And, uh, I had a call or a texter, um, calling about some tomatoes. They had them growing outside, um, and they just didn't ripen. He had early girl, Manitoba and champion, and those are all good varieties and uh, so I'm trying to figure out why they wouldn't ripen. Um, the only thing I could just think of is that maybe they were just started a little late. Cause I know this year was a weird season. Everything seemed to come out later, especially in the tomatoes. I know I got a lot less ripe tomatoes until the end. Uh, so we got hit by a hailstorm, but it didn't help. But uh, they were later than normal. And uh, I, and could have been this. They just didn't get to that maturity rate. And hopefully you brought them in and tried hanging them just from the branches and let them ripen inside on the vine, which which is another good way to do it. I know people put them into a wrapped newspaper around them or different things to help um, ripen them up. But typically if you got the tomatoes and that, it's usually just a matter of timing, especially with the bigger tomatoes like that is uh is what i would think it is and uh and if you cut them open and if they looked fine in the inside uh, that's all i would try to do is just um get them out a little bit sooner and uh hopefully we have a good spring and summer next year and we should be good to go 
and uh, go from there. Ah, what do we got here? It says, love your show. Our peace lily is looking tired and the tips of the leaves are turning black. Any suggestions? Um, it sounds like it might need a good, just a good flushing out. Um, typically if they get on the ends of it like that, um, it's, um, a lot of times it's a uh, sodium or some sort of buildup in the soil and, and you can just, they just need to be flushed out once in a while. And on those ones, just get your scissors and just, just cut those little tips off. And um, cause sometimes it's also just from our dry air and cause it can get really dry here in the winter time. So a lot of those big foliage leaves like that will get a little bit of tip, um, on them or they'll go a little bit of black, a little bit of brown on them. And, uh, so that's all I would recommend on that. And what else do we got going here? I was just going to say, yeah, the phone lines are open now. So if you like to give me a shout, then there's no one on there right now. So you can get through for sure. 403 974 8255 or 1 800 563 7770. And what do we got here? Oh, yeah, I got, uh, we got a text from Saskatoon. A person's looking for the Pure Spray Green. And uh, at the garden center in Saskatoon. And uh, I would just, and I think I replied on text, but I would just uh, mention to them oh, a lot of the wholesale suppliers like a Westland or a Eddie's, um, they do carry it. So you just need to ask them and then they should be able to get that for you. And because I know they, we, they supply it and uh, they distribute it throughout the, the Western provinces for us. Um, and what else do we got going that we can talk about. We got a couple of calls coming on, which is good. It always makes it a little easier at this time of year. And it says the text must have got mixed up with someone that was planting a spruce tree. I don't, I don't keep my mom in the shade. <laughs> no, I don't want to keep your mom in the shade. I don't know. We're just going to put the, we're going to plant a you in the shade. Hopefully that would help out and, uh, and go from there. Um, and one thing I got asked is uh, how do I get my Christmas cactus to bloom? Keep it in a consistent spot, and they do like to get fed. There is three types of of Christmas cactus. There's actually a Christmas cactus, an Easter cactus, and a Thanksgiving cactus. Obviously, these are all based on American holidays because our Thanksgiving is earlier than theirs. And the Christmas and, and Thanksgiving cactus basically bloom a lot of the same time of year. So you're you're really this tight on that thing. So you um, they c- could be either way, either way. And if you look on a past post on our on the Spruce It Up uh, Facebook page, we definitely show um, that as a as a different rise. And then you're gonna have the Easter one, which will bloom more early early spring. So um, so if you have the right ones, good consistent light. Um, feeding them with 15, 30, 15 will be all the difference as well because they do like to get fed. And disconsistent water, let them dry in between waterings. And if you run them too wet, the cactus, they won't really bloom. You need to make them suffer a little bit too, like let, run them on the, a little bit on the drier side because that will encourage a lot of blooming. If people water too much, they tend to, you won't get any blooms on any of your plants because they, they need to run a little bit on the drier side because then they think, they're in trouble a little bit, and that produces more blooms because when you stress them out, they're not blooming just to look good. They're blooming to reproduce, and also, so they that's why they will typically bloom is to, they think they need to reproduce and produce some seeds, and uh, and then they go from there. So what else we got going here? 
we got some phone calls. I'm going to go right to Jeb. Good morning, Jeb. Morning. How can I help you? I think I I missed part of what you just said. I have an Amaryllis. Yes. I did everything it said on the uh, <coughs> instructions. Yeah. I watered the bulb first for about 10 minutes and then stuck it in and, yeah. and put a prayer on it and two. <laughs> that usually helps. It usually helps. And it shows about an inch, alias two and a half centimeters of growth in about two weeks. Yeah. It, it's just, it, is it just coming right up the center? It looks like a, like a th- really thick um, bloom coming up? No, no, no. It's just a tiny little uh, oval, as they always do. Oh, okay, which is good. That's a good thing. I would just move it into a, maybe a little bit warmer spot. This, yeah, uh, if you have said, a little bit brighter spot, it said on it sits right by the window. Okay, which is good. Uh, but it said not to water it on the instructions, and I watered it a little. Is that no? That's fine. No, that's fine. You got it into soil. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. No, you need to water it. Like that's sort of how it gets going. So I would just give it a really good watering, um, and uh, and go from there. I would, Any uh, 10, 15, 27 no, or whatever? No, 15, 30, 15. Actually, you're good because the bulb, it won't really bloom or do anything. Um, all the energy is it's already in. The in bulb. Yes, I know that. Yeah. yeah, so you're you're fine. I would just water. It needs some water because typically you'll sit in amaryllis in water. So I think the directions on that one would be, I, I would question why they would say not to water. It's just, it's, it needs that water to get it going. So I would give it a good watering today and just water it once a week and that you'll definitely see a help. Okay, my friend, thank you very much. All right, I... let me know next week if that helps, Jeb. Water it today and then give me a shout next week and let's see. Uh... It's By the way, it's not Jeb, it's Geb. Okay, Geb, sorry my about that. Geb Hart, and as usual, it's been murdered. <laughs> I, hey, I got a name like that. I, I did a global news and uh, and I, got, I was Meryl for the for the tw- 10 minutes I was on the on their show. So, so Meryl? Yeah, but it's actually Merle, but yeah. But I get. Oh, but they they shorten everything. You have Gephardt, you become Geb. You are Joseph, you become Joe. Yeah, my my father-in-law was Adelbert, so we went by Addy. So there you go. Well, sometimes this uh, creates kind of strange blooms. <laughs> exactly. All right, thanks, Geb. Anyway, thank you very much for your help. I'll put some water on it. Yeah, and give me a shout next week, and let me know how it goes. Shall do. Thanks. Take care, bud. Enjoy. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Morning. How are you? Good. How can I help you? Albert Burke? What was that again? Yeah, Adelbert. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a character on the Vikings. uh... Yeah. Uh, TV series. Yeah, that was my father-in-law. So we actually went, and then he always went by Addy. So it made it a little bit easier. Okay. I, uh, not exactly, uh, a Christmas type thing, but I have a weeping birch tree in my backyard. Okay, it's a great big tall thing. It's been there for years and years, and I see them up and down my street, and they're all dying off. And uh, I, yeah. I believe it's birch leaf miner. Yeah, it it is birch leaf miner is one of the major ones that's affecting them, and it's also just the lack of water. We've had four to five years of fairly dry summers. Um, 
um, in the last few years. So, and the birch really need that hydration. So good deep watering makes all the difference with them. And they love being fertilized with Rage Plus. Oh, really? Yeah. For what whatever. It's a seaweed based. It's like a super compost in a bottle. Oh, okay. But birch trees respond um, miraculously with it. Because I've had a f- quite a few customers like where it looked like the top quarter of the tree is dead. Yes. And they bring in pictures after, like a month after they start using it, and it's leafed out right to the top. Oh, boy. Yeah, as long as it hasn't been left so long where the wood's totally dried out. I see. But if it's um, if it's just a, a newer thing where it's starting to slow down on the growth on the top, because you got to think as that birch tree grows and there's a lot of foliage on there, you got to get water all the way to the top. So what it is is the tree's natural defense mechanism kicks in is when it doesn't have enough water, it okay. defoliates. It stops and it and it gets rid of the top and works its way down. Yeah, okay. Because it, it's, it's hard for it to push the water all the way to the top. So that's just the tree's natural defense mechanism. And so it's slow, deep watering is what trees like that need will make all, all the difference. All well, summer. yeah, a good once a week is just give okay. it a, get a good soaker hose, put it around the drip line, and that way you're not wasting any water. Those sure. You get those ones that just leak out, they look like they're sweating. Yep. And put them on there for five, six hours, because then it's not that much water. It just, but it's going in. You're not losing it. Oh, great! What's this other stuff? Rage, you said? Rage Plus, and that's spelled A R. Yeah, it's R-A-G. all the rage. Yeah, rage. Like, okay. Yep. Yeah. I got it. All right. All right. Thank then, you very much. And we're also doing birch leaf miner injections through our prune it up department. Oh, I see. So we will be doing that this coming spring. So you can also call and you can book that in and because uh, there is a short time frame when we can get that done. So we'll, but we'll be doing that this spring. We're going to be doing the injection. Oh, great. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Jack. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back and a chat with Terry and Ken... And any of your texts that you sent in, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's favorite Christmas store, fresh-cut trees, boughs, and wreaths, and all the decor to spruce up your Christmas. Spruce it up, plant it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right, let's go to Terry and see if we can get him covered with some info. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How are you? Good. How can I help you? Um, very good. Um, I am going to go out this afternoon and water my trees. Okay. Should I water the rose bushes and other perennials? Are they covered in snow in that right now? or uh, Some of them, yes. Others, no. If they're covered in snow, I really wouldn't worry about it. I would just put more snow up and around them and things like that. The only thing with your roses, you got to watch, if, and, and this is sort of a catch-22. If you put too much snow, sometimes that encourages the mice to crawl around and they eat the bark on your on your around your roses and things like that. Okay, right, right. Um, so sometimes covering them with a mulch is better, like cover the like six eight inches up and just cover them with a, a like a good compost or like a sea soil or any kind of thing that you just want in your soil afterwards. Okay. Because yeah. I like doing that at this time of year or earlier in the season in fall, um, and then water them in really good, and that helps keep them frozen. And then in the spring, you can just spread that out into the soil, and then you're sort of um, remediating your soil at the same time. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. But uh, one thing I do is just your evergreens and things like that, definitely wash them down um, if it's warm enough. Um, just get the dust and all the dirt and any bugs and stuff out of them, 
and uh, give them a good uni nozzle, and then the water will go down into it. And then just push any of the snow around up against the house or any place where you got trees and shrubs um, just after, and that helps get the moisture into the ground. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, have a Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas, Terry. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. I'm going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How are hey, you doing? Good. How can I help you? Good. Well, we've got uh, um, orchids. Yes. That have nice, big, bushy leaves, but yep. can't get them to flower. Okay. Are you getting any kind of stems coming of them at all? Nothing. Okay. Um, what kind of light? Uh, they're in a bathroom, so they're facing west, but they're probably 10 feet from the window. Okay. That's actually, that sounds perfect for them because they're going to get the humidity from when people are showering as well, which is a good thing. Um, and what type of soil? Do you have it in like... In orchid bark, or is it in the soil, or it's actually it's in whatever they were in when we got them. Okay, we have, we have not transplanted. Them. I would probably look at that because depending on when you got them, they're probably in a, either a styrofoam or a sphagnum moss or something like that. Sometimes okay. they just use those styrofoam balls in the bottom of the pots too. Right. Um, so I would just pull that out and get yourself a nice orchid pot and okay. some with the holes on the side and get some orchid bark and just transplant it and then give it a really good watering at that point. And then I would start on a, a bi-weekly fertilization and you can just use like a 15, 30, 15 um, and just water it. Like if you water on your every other watering, just give it a good, good little fertilize and then that should definitely help. All right. We'll try that. All right. It is Actually, probably... Thing. Yes. The, uh... Sorry, the uh, uh, this injection you said for the uh, birch leaf, uh, birch trees. Yes. What, what's that about? Well, uh, what it is is um, the birch leaf miner is a bug that gets into our birch trees, and the only way it can be dealt with is with a systemic. Um, there, there's some sprays and stuff like that, but once it gets in there, the sprays are kind of useless because it's right inside the of the tree, and they've taken away all the systemic products. We used to be able to buy Saigon and things like that and sell that to the public. But all that, any kind of systemic have been taken off the market, so it has to be done by a, a certified pesticide applicator. Okay. And uh, so we, we're starting that with our pruning department. We're gonna have uh, the certified applicators, um, and we're gonna be able to do the birch leaf miner injections for you to deal with that. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting, great. Yeah, Thank so you. you can just, if you have a birch tree, and if you need to book it, you can give Zach a call at, uh, at Prune It Up, and uh, we'd be more than happy to get you set up for spring. Will do. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ken. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, orchids are a tricky one, but they're one of my favorites just because they will last, and you'll get three, four months once you get them blooming. And and once that stem's there, don't cut off the stem. Just let that stem finish blooming. Cut off the part. It'll go a little bit brown. Cut that a little bit off, and it'll send out blooms again. So you can almost <clears throat> get them blooming year-round in a way because they just keep going and going. And sometimes when I transplant, I like to get two or three, and I'll put them into one bigger orchid pot, and then that way you'll tend to get them blooming at separate different times, and you'll always have orchid blooms. And, and once you get into it, and they're actually quite easy to grow, and they just like consistency and a little bit of food here and there, but really one of the easier plants. And then once they're blooming, like I said, you, you're getting three months of blooms off that thing, so it's, it's well worth it. And when I get back, Tim will talk about your tulips. I just got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. Lots of spots available. 403-974-8255. That's the talk and text line. And if you're calling from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And uh, one other Christmas gift someone mentioned was uh, sort of a winged weeder. <laughs> and they bought that at Lee Valley. And there's always neat little gadgets there as well that have... Uh, for the gardening or all kinds of different woodworking people and all that kind of fun stuff. But I think it's a type of winged weeder. They, uh, they carry that there. So you can have a look there as well. And right now I'm going to go talk to Tim. Good morning, Tim. How are you, Meryl? Good. How can I help you? Listen, for whatever reason, I never got the tulip bulbs in in the fall. Oh, so <laughs> do we wait till spring or can I plant them in the house? Um, what they need, they need a cooling off period. Um, so, and unless you can get out there and uh, chip away at the soil <laughs> or, or try and drill some holes or something like that, you could plant them now if you could work the soil. Okay. Um, I, what about just putting a uh, layer of soil over top? I know uh, they're not going very deep. So. Yeah, no. I, um, what I would probably do then, if, if you have any big pots or planters outside, uh-huh. um, you could definitely do it that way where you could fill your pot up halfway and then fill up with soil and and then just water them in good and just let them freeze for the winter that way. All right, I'll do that. Yeah, if you have some big pots like that, try that. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck, Bye-bye. Tim. Thanks, man. Bye. All right. And what do I got going here? Good morning. Uh, what do I got going here? Actually, I'm just going to read that first for a bit. Uh, it's a long one. I'm going to go to... Um, Kudrin. Good morning, Kudrin. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? I'm very well. Thank you. And you, I listen to your program quite often. Oh, nice. I have a cyclamant, and I don't know, I replanted it. If the bulb has to show up a little bit, yes. or is it deep in? No, it, it prefers to be up a little bit. Yeah, that's what I did, but it's still not coming. Yeah. Um. Is it one that you just bought the bulb, or was it a plant no. that you... It was a plant, and it was a small one, and it was oh, early summer. Yeah. And it not, it, after the flowers were done, it's not really... Yeah, it's that. one that it needs to go into a dormant cycle. So what you need to do is, even in that soil... Yeah. Um, it, They're a real hard plant to, get, to go again. Well, yeah, but I had some before, and I never had problems. And the, the leaves are always curling up. Yeah. Um, so can I cut them off? Yeah, if if they're not looking good, cut them off. But like I said, they are one that's they're really tough to get looking really good again mm-hmm. um, on the bulb. Um, again, they like it cooler. <laughs> yeah, it is, in the, especially now the window's cold. Yeah, no, and that's what they love because if you go to Vancouver yeah. and some of those places, they tend to plant them in the fall. Um, so you'll see them planted out in the gardens in, in December and in January when it's a little bit cooler. Uh-huh. The cyclamen, they love that. Yeah, yeah. It's in the south window, but it's a cold window. Yeah. So at night for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's okay. what they like. So I did it right then. Let the bulb look out. Absolutely, yeah, because they don't like to be buried too deep because when you see them, they're up a little bit. Yeah, okay. All righty. Thank you very All much. Right. Have a very Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. Take okay. care. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. 
And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open now. You can call at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to go through a few texts. And uh, I had one fellow. Actually, I think this is uh, less. I'm going to see. If he's calling about the greenhouse, I think this is, uh, I asked him to call in. He had a, a good question, so I thought if he could have time to call in, I would uh, get him on the line and we'd chat. And I got, and we got, uh, what is a good flowering plant that inside that only receive indirect light? I see calanchalos at South, Cent- South Center Mall in indirect light. Um, if you were looking for something, is this already blooming? Um, yes, um, and any of the begonia plants, things like that, they're good. The peace lily is a good one for the shade um, if it's indirect light. But for blooming, yeah, begonias, some of those calanchos, only when they're blooming, it's hard to get them to rebloom in that um, in that type of environment. They'll need brighter lights, but once they're already blooming, and that's what they do, they buy them from the grower, and then they plant them in the mall to make them look good, and then they hold tight in that in that indirect light. So, yeah, that's how you can do that, and uh, that'll definitely help you get some blooms throughout the throughout the cooler season and the less light season. Right now, I'm going to go up to Les. Good morning, Les. Hey, hey, Merle, how are you? Good. I I got your text there, and you're 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 building yourself a greenhouse. Yes. And how's that going? Other than the, the weather is uh, not cooperating all that well, it's actually not going too bad. Good. Um, yeah, I was just I, the reason it was I I wanted to ask you because there's a few few challenges that I'm facing with this greenhouse, and one one was uh, temperature and moisture regulation inside that greenhouse. Yeah, and is it a polyhouse or are you doing polycarbonate? It's in polycarbonate. Okay. Yeah, you know what the problem is, is that there's no R value. And, and I get that in my greenhouse at the store where you almost need more heaters. Because uh-huh. from one end where the heater is to the other, when you get further away, there's this, there's a, such zero R value in the polycarbonate that um, it's really hard to regulate the temperature perfectly. Okay. Because it's just, it's just, it just can't keep up with the cold outside, right? Right. And sometimes those double-walled poly houses where they blow air in between them, uh-huh. I don't know if you, and that sometimes they're, they're better for our climate. Like, it, it's hard to, and that's the thing, or you just might want to, you you'll have to get yourself maybe an additional heater. I'll have one on each end of the greenhouse. Okay. And that will help with your temperature regulation. Okay, and will any of the, like, those LED green lights and um, with the automated... Um, sprinkling system like that that waters all the plants and everything else they, would that contribute to an issue as well um no the lights should be fine because the led don't really give off very much heat um if anything they'll help regulate it a little bit are you I'm, I'm assuming you're getting it it's just hard to keep it warm consistently well yeah because when the temperature like the temperature here when it dropped down to minus 16 and you had that wind chill of like minus 20 ish yep. Yeah. I noticed that the temperature, it, it actually dropped really low, and that's what was concerning me. Yeah, it, it is tough, and that's, I got the same thing in my greenhouse right now, too. It just, when it gets colder, it's just, there's there's just no, like I said, there's very thin wall, there's no R value, and it just goes right out. Um, the only other way you could do it, you could look at putting another a layer of poly over top of your greenhouse. You could uh-huh. at, attach a poly lock for the wintertime. Okay. And uh, I know... 
Did you, is this a prefab greenhouse that you purchased, or are you building this yourself? Or no, this is all built from scratch. Okay, so a lot of times they what they have is they call it a double walled one. So you can do a poly lock, and then they have a little air pump that pumps air in between the two layers of poly. Okay. So if you put an outer layer of poly, you could look at doing that and get a couple air pumps, and you can buy those kits that hook into the poly, and it just blows the air, so that creates an insulation value over uh, top of your greenhouse. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense, actually. Yeah, and that's going to let air or let the light through, um, and that's that's one thing I'd recommend, if you're, especially if you're trying to grow in there, you might want to look at that. And polylock is pretty easy to get. You can you can get the polylock, and, and, uh, and then you can attach it to the outside of your frame, and then you can just remove it in the in the summertime. In the summer, okay, that sounds actually a good idea. I will look into that a little bit more. Yeah, because that'll help with the R value. It's just when it's cold here, that's the biggest problem. Like it's just hard keeping the heat consistent from one end to the other. If your unit heater or whatever type of heater is at one end, getting the heat to the other end, it's a tough one. All right. Well, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. No, and that's why I asked you to call. It's easier to explain, and then over text. So thanks for calling in, Les. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, bye bye. Okay. Bye. All right, I need to take a break, and then we'll hit the phone lines. We've got a nice full board. Thanks for calling in. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Ken. Good morning, Ken. Hey, Merle. How's it going? Good. How can I help you? Um, i got an ornamental cherry out front. Okay. And... Um, We've well, we've had it about twelve years now, and it's um, not really producing a lot of fruit. So I'm just wondering. Uh, Do you know what variety it is? Well, it's the one with like the deep burgundy leaves, and it's got the stem with all the little tiny berries on it. Okay, so that's more like a Schubert choke cherry. Okay, Schubert. Yeah. Or do you get any of those black knot? Looks like a. Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, like yeah. a cancer on the. On yeah, yeah. It looks like burnt marshmallow or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's again what a lot of the those trees again. It's could be. Do you get a bit of that on it, or is it not too bad? Uh, it's not too bad. I okay. cut a couple of small branches off. Okay, good. Um, again, a lot of it is just the dryness. Like when it goes in early spring, the last few years we've had quite a bit of dryness. Okay. So just extra water will definitely help the Schubert. And uh, one thing, just really watch that black knot. Cut it out if you do see it. Yeah. And um, and that's the best thing to do with that. But and, and it doesn't hurt to give it a good feeding. But early spring, good deep watering is really great for all of our trees and trims. And, and what would you recommend for a feeding on that? I would just do like a fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that's a higher middle number, so it'll get the roots going, make it nice and healthy, and uh, and then just a really good shot of water. Okay. Thank awesome. You very much. All right. Thanks, Ken. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, let's go to Pam. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I was wondering if there is an LED light that you can just screw into a regular light fixture. Yes. Okay, because I have a laundry room where my orchids and my succulents are. Yep. And I thought to supplement the light, maybe I could just change out the light bulb in there. Absolutely. You know, and I've done that on a few of my um, lamps and things like that as well. So, oh, okay. yeah, no, and we sell those at the store there. So, oh, great. you just got to make sure you get ones with the proper full spectrum. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Thanks. No, we, I think we have them in a three or four pack. Okay, good. Good to know. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye bye. 
Yeah, those are. Uh, it's always important to to make sure you get the right ones because uh, it is. Uh, there's lots of grow light type things, but you just make sure you want to get the full spectrum ones that will ensure you get the the right lighting going into your in for your plants. And that's a great way of doing it if you have a room that isn't quite bright enough or you need a little extra light. And plus, it's good for you because it uh, it really brings that full spectrum light into your into your house and then you're you get the same effects as your plants do you get the the nice real light and even when you're doing laundry but right now we're going to take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Earl coons if you'd like to join me we have a Spot for a couple of people to call before the end of the show, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to go to Wayne right away, but I'm just going to do one more text. Um, uh, Sandy and uh, with her mom, Joan, they have a new uh, Cocker Spaniel, Jasper, and they're trying to figure out a way to keep from eating the tree also, are mandevilla vine poisonous to dogs? I'm not too sure on that one. I'll have to check on that. Um, but a ways of trying to keep them away from the from the tree, I think just that little bit of discipline right at the beginning, the sort of the no, um, and uh, trying to keep them away from that. But uh, cocker spaniels are one of those ones that are a little bit, uh, they're a little feisty little critters, those ones, which is which is always a good thing. Um, you could get a little spray of um, the Bob X, and it tastes really bad. And it stinks a little bit at first, but it will go away. But you wouldn't want to go too heavy on that with the tree. I think just a little bit of uh, corrective um, discipline with the with the doggies, and uh, and just let them know that that's inappropriate. Might be a good way of uh, of looking after that. I know it's a it's always a tough one when they're small. They get uh, they're they they like to do things that you say no. <laughs> All right, let's go to Wayne and uh, see what's going on with his aphids. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? I got aphids on my habanero peppers. I, um, one thing you just want to do is a product called Pure Spray Green. And you can use that. And it's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil. And it, the only thing is you have to do it sort of every five days for three or four times consecutively because um, yeah. they're born pregnant, right? So they're born and they have eggs already to go, so it, you just have to break that cycle. And yeah. so just giving them a spray um, every five days for three to four weeks should help that out. If you're able to put them under a sink or something where you can just give them a good washing as well, um, that would work, that would help as well. Uh, uh, that's pretty hard to do. They're in five-gallon pails. Yeah, so that's where the the pure spray green, so um, that will definitely help. Now, what about lighting? Um, do you have uh, any of the grow lights going on them? I got a low-pressure, extremely red uh, sodium light. Okay. I would I would just switch to the one of the new LED full-spectrum lights, um, and that way you make sure you're getting the proper grow light on it. Yeah. And then that, and they're really super efficient. So they're using no energy at all, basically. And you just got to watch, don't get them too close to it. Because um, that's, uh, you'll see the, the scorch on them. So just really read the directions on, depends what brand you buy. 
um, to what they recommend, the height and the and the distance away from the plant. Now, I could switch to uh, a white high-pressure sodium. Yeah, I don't think you're getting the full spectrum off those, though. Um, so you're not really getting any beneficial light. Like, you're getting light, but not the kind that they're looking for. Okay. So I, I think I would just switch to a grow light myself, like, because then you know you're getting the proper light. And I think some of those sodium lights, they, they're still using a fair bit of, of energy. Yes, they do. Yeah. And like I said, the new LED ones, they use nothing. Like, it's just, and you're getting really good proper lighting, especially the the new ones from the Sun Blaster brand that we carry and, mm-hmm. and other garden centers have them. Um, they're just they're just really good, and they get good light from them and nice and efficient. So... Now, that would be uh, what, that would be what, my recommendation, and feeding them with fifteen thirty fifteen definitely helps with the with the peppers. Fifteen thirty fifteen. Yep. Okay, that was my next question. No, I could tell I didn't, and I figured I would help you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Merle. Awesome. Good luck. Yeah. Let me Bye-bye. know. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Bye bye. All right. Yeah. Who doesn't like a good habanero pepper? Eh? You cut those up, put those on your nachos or in your scrambled eggs or whatever. Mm. Very good. And let's go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Uh, good morning. Uh, just a quick question. Where would a person get soil testing done? What type of, uh, what are you looking for, like a full examination or just sort of see what nutrients you're lacking? Just what I'm lacking in the garden. Yeah. I would just, um, we, we do sell little soil kits that, okay. that cover the basics, and they actually work really quite well. You can do your own soil testing kit, so you can do that yourself. We do soil testing at the store as well. Um, So you can drop off a bag of soil, and then we can do the testing for you. Oh, okay. Um, I think we charge $10 for that. Um, But like I said, for the most part, those those little soil tests are actually pretty accurate. And uh, and you can test if you're just looking to see what what you're possibly lacking. So... Exactly. That's all I'm looking for yep. at the moment. Yeah, um, that's and, and it's just the basic NPK that you do in this. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So none of the micronutrients. No, you have to delve in deeper on that one. So. Okay. And uh, there's there is place in town that do that, but uh, a lot of it you can just we kind of know what we need to add to our soil, and we can help you out with that as well. Great. Um, just generally speaking, uh, we have a pretty alkaline soil. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I I took a sample of the soil and I put it in some water in a container and then shook it up to see how it separates out. And it kind of looks like it's just basically all very fine matter, like it doesn't separate into different layers. Yeah, it's Does that and that's clay? fairly normal. Like our our soil is fairly consistent. Either you have the soil or you're gonna have clay. Like yeah. like that's. <laughs> We don't have a lot, and that's why we recommend amending your soil with a lot of like the sea soils or the different compost, trying to get other stuff into there. Because yeah, our yeah. soils are are exactly what you just said, Jim. They're very basic. Like you have two yeah. components: soil, clay. Soil and clay. <laughs> There's not much else in there. No, there isn't. So you got to add the good stuff to it. All right. Okay. Thanks, very Jim. Good. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye bye. All right, thanks for calling in, and hopefully you guys can all make it down to Spruce It Up next weekend on Saturday. Come see Santa and the reindeer photo ops, and also we're looking for toy donations. If you can help us out with that, that'd be great. Thanks for listening. Until next week on Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.